This is the Horse Radio Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Hillcrest Bookkeeping Solutions. Are you tired of feeling lost when tax season rolls around? Do you feel anxiety every time you dig out that shoebox of receipts? If you've been searching for a better way to manage your finances and keep your books balanced, Hillcrest Bookkeeping Solutions can help. With a special focus on equine businesses, Hillcrest Bookkeeping provides monthly and quarterly options on most of their services, so you never need to worry about racking up an expensive hourly bill. Spend less time worrying about your books and more time doing what you love. Book your free consultation at hillcrestbookkeeping.com. That's H-I-L-L-C-R-E-S-T bookkeeping.com and find out how you can run your business more efficiently with a bookkeeper today. So you've probably noticed that we have a brand new sponsor here at the Leadline Podcast, Hillcrest Bookkeeping. You just heard their ad at the beginning of this episode, and I wanted to bring the owner of Hillcrest Bookkeeping onto the show. Her name is Sharna Atkinson, and Sharna has been an active member of the Leadline community here for about the past year or so. Sharna is an expert on a specific topic that many of us just dread thinking about, talking about, and actually diving into in our businesses, and that is managing our money. Charnette is a bookkeeper for the equine industry, and she comes onto the show today to talk all about managing your books, managing your numbers, and understanding where your money is coming from, where it's going, and all of that important stuff. You simply can't run a successful business without understanding the numbers, so let's go ahead and dig right in. I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and get started talking with Charnette. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Leadline Podcast. I'm Mandy, and today I am joined by Sharna Atkinson, who's an equestrian bookkeeper and longtime member of the Leadline Facebook community. I've invited her on the show today to chat more about a topic that so many entrepreneurs need help with, and that is managing business finances. So Sharnat, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today, Mandy. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. You've been super active in our community for many months now, and we've uh, I've just been keeping an eye on everything you've been doing, which is awesome. And I think that you have a lot of expertise in an area that just so many people struggle with. Equestrians especially, and we, we talk about this on the podcast fairly often, but equestrians tend to be you know, all about that passion for horses. And sometimes we're just not so great at the numbers aspect. So we're going to dig into that today. And I'm, I'm really excited to just dig through this because I think that you have a lot of expertise to offer, and I'm sure that people are going to be able to take away a lot from today's episode. So tell me a bit more about what you do and how you help equestrian business owners. Okay. So um, the name of my business is Hillcrest Bookkeeping Solutions, and I am a lifelong equestrian. Horses are my passion. Uh, My prior career, I spent over 30 years um, working for defense contractors. Uh, One particular defense contractor I worked for for over 20 years, and I was the vice president and uh, chief financial officer. But it was a small business, so also did their bookkeeping. So in 2019, when I found myself 
um, with the opportunity to change careers late in life, uh, I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And I decided to combine my passion with my lifelong expertise of finances and bookkeeping and help equestrian businesses with their books. Because like you said, equestrians are passionate about horses, but not necessarily about numbers. So um, that's how Hillcrest Bookkeeping Solutions was formed. And what I do is I make sure that my client's books are accurate and up to date um, and as detailed as possible, which comes in handy should you ever be pulled for an IRS audit. You know, it's less stressful if you know your books are in order and you, you have everything you need to show the IRS, you know, your valid business expenses. And I also provide financial report reviews. And this kind of goes back, if you listen, if anyone listened to episode 10, um, of Mandy's podcast, and it was how to find out if your business is really making money. Uh, you know, Kelly brought up some very great points about evaluating your income streams, uh, analyzing, you know, where you may be losing money and how to pivot that so you can make more money, or maybe that's a part of your business you need to get rid of because you can't make money at it. Um, but in order to do that, you need to be able to evaluate your financial reports. And if you evaluate your financial reports on data that's not accurate or up to date, then it's kind of not really doing you any good because it's not presenting a valid picture. I recommend reviewing your financial reports at least on a monthly basis, um, if not more often, to give you a really clear picture. Let's talk a bit about financial reports because I think that sometimes these number terms kind of like go over our heads as we're getting our businesses up and running, especially for those of us who maybe haven't started a business before and it's the first time. And typically like equestrians are really good at their one thing, right? And they're like, I want to make money doing this one thing, but they don't necessarily understand how to put everything together. And I'm actually really glad you listened to episode 10, because I think there was a lot in that episode that kind of ties into our chat today. And we're just taking it a step further. Like, okay, we know that we need these numbers. How do we, how do we get them? And I want to just really simplify that and talk about how can we simplify numbers so that they aren't so scary. So where can someone start with managing their books if they literally have no idea where to begin? Um, well, I mean, I offer, you know, Hillcrest Bookkeeping Solutions as well as other bookkeeping, uh, professional bookkeeping companies will offer training on different accounting packages. Um, I recommend, highly recommend that you do use an accounting software and not just spreadsheets. Um, you know, spreadsheets are good, but they're not going to, uh, using an accounting program, they are built, especially one like QuickBooks Online, they're built to make it easy for the average person to be able to, you know, keep their books up to date. Just make sure that you are keeping up with your book. Most of my clients will do it that are doing their own bookkeeping will do it on a weekly basis. Um, but also, you know, if you can't afford or you don't, you really want to do your own bookkeeping and you can't afford to hire someone professionally to do it for you, then you can do it on your own. But I highly recommend you hire a professional to review your books at least quarterly just to make sure they're accurate and complete. If you do not have proper processes in place, you could get yourself in trouble very quickly. And you know, an example of that is I had a client once who um, he hired me on and I started cleaning up his books from the prior year. His taxes had not been filed yet. And I found a $90,000 error and his income was overstated by $90,000. And it all boiled down to after I did the research and looked into the books to see how 
that happened, it all boiled down to in the processes he was using internally. He wasn't using his accounting um, program properly because he wasn't trained on it. And so I was able to fix that error, which saved him a lot of money in taxes because he would have been paying money on you know taxes on $90,000 of income that he actually didn't have because it was um, overstated. And so how do you get more accurate records? The One of the very first things I do um, with my clients is with, with their books is I will make sure that all the transactions are entered in to their accounting system. And then I do bank reconciliation. And uh, I get the question a lot, what are bank reconciliations? Well, you should receive a bank statement from your bank um, and credit card company on a monthly basis. It's not always at the end of the month. Um, sometimes it is, sometimes it falls middle of the month. But the bank or credit card statement outlines any deposits or withdrawals or any other activities affecting that bank or credit card account and for a specified period of time. And so what a, the reconciliation process is, is it's matching those transactions on the bank and credit card statement to what you have entered in your accounting records. And that is the very first step to make sure that your books are accurate because you may have accidentally entered in an expense twice. And if you do not do the bank reconciliations, you're not going to catch that error. And now your expenses are going to be overstated. Um, and, you know, maybe you didn't uh, receive a certain payment you should have. So there was a deposit on the bank statement that's not in your books. And if you don't catch it, then you're going to understate your income. And, you know, when, when it comes to tax time, if, if you ever undergo an audit, and your income is understated or your expenses are overstated, even though it was you know, totally innocent, you didn't need to do it, the IRS could see that as tax fraud or evasion. So um, that's another reason why it's really important to keep your books accurate. You know, I know there's a lot more, there are a lot more ways nowadays to track your items electronically, especially your receipts. So there's probably less people using the shoebox method of storing their receipts for the year and then trying to collect them at tax time. But I'm sure there's still people that do that too. So what is the most simple way to track your expenses as a business owner? Um, well, if you are actually using QuickBooks online, they have a really good app uh, you can put on your smartphone. And it allows you to take a picture of the receipt. I mean, if you're at the feed store and you just um, purchased your feed uh, and you can take a picture of your itemized receipt, it's very important to keep itemized receipts. Um, you can take a picture of that itemized receipt using the QuickBooks app and it'll put it into the review tab inside of your QuickBooks. And uh, QuickBooks has artificial intelligence that'll take that receipt and they'll read the important information like the date, the method of payment, the total cost of the you know total price of what you bought, um, and it will populate those the fields in the transaction. It'll wait there for you to come in and review it because artificial intelligence isn't always intelligent. <laughs> Sometimes it makes a lot of times it makes mistakes, but it gives you the opportunity to review to make sure everything uh, was extracted from that receipt correctly. And then once you accept it, it goes straight in your books and receipts automatically attached to that transaction in your books. So that is like really simple uh, way of making sure you can still use the shoebox method, but you know what happens if, you know, you have an unfortunate event and your house burns down or you just misplace the shoebox, you won't have those receipts anymore. And also if you're, you know, if you do undergo an audit and the auditor 
says, oh, I need to see the receipt for this expense. You can just go to that expense in QuickBooks and open up the receipt in PDF or JPEG form. And here it is. And it's just so much simpler to keep the receipt, uh, you know, attached to the transaction. So, um, and it, you know, if you rather not use QuickBooks um, or you just don't want to have to learn the accounting software and you are doing it still in spreadsheets, just make sure you keep an electronic copy of all your receipts. Um, and you can just create folders on your uh, hard drive to keep them in. Keep backups, though. So do you recommend even when folks are uploading these receipt images electronically, do you still have your clients keep the actual paper copy? Or can you just chuck that out once you upload a copy online? It, it's personal preference. You can chuck it. I mean, it's, you know, if you after you're in business for a few years, even my personal receipts, I, I used to keep those in my file cabinet, but you just, they just start overflowing. So if for business expenses, especially, you know, larger expenses, I would recommend keeping a hard copy um, for at least seven years. But as long as you have a soft copy, you should be fine. So it's personal preference if you want to have to keep a file cabinet in your house to keep those receipts in, but you also have it online. But I do recommend backup and I use Rewind Backup. It's an online app that backs up your QuickBooks data almost in real time. Every time uh, you go in and make a change in the book, it's backed up. QuickBooks cannot guarantee if they have a server crash that they can recover your data. There's just no way of knowing that. And so with Rewind, you can restore your data from any point in time that you want to. So it's always good to invest in uh, some kind of online backup program to make sure that you have all of your transactions backed up and all of your receipts backed up. Well, that's really good to know because I personally use QuickBooks online and I did not know that was a thing. So I'm going to be looking at that later today (laughs) and seeing about getting that connected to my account. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very cheap. Um, And, you know, if you are in QuickBooks and you make a major boo-boo and you can't figure out how to fix it. And you're like, but I know it was right 10 minutes ago. You can log into your Rewind account and restore that transaction to its previous state. So you don't have to go through the process of trying to figure out, oh, I messed up. How do I fix that? Mm-hmm. You just log into Rewind and restore your data to where it was in a certain point in time. So it's really, it's a great insurance policy for cheap. I mean, it's, it's like maybe five, $6 a month. Oh, that's great. That's a really great resource. Yeah. So in terms of learning QuickBooks, what are some ways that you help people learn how to use a program like QuickBooks? Is QuickBooks the only program you recommend or are there others out there that you think people might be considering? Um, There are others out there. You know, you either love QuickBooks or you hate it. uh, And that's personal preference. Um, There's others like Xero. That's a pretty good app. It's very different from QuickBooks. Um, You know, it's just, it's personal preference. Um, I have used QuickBooks. I used QuickBooks Desktop for close to 20 years, um, which is why I went with QuickBooks when I started my business. And um, you know, I didn't have any experience with QuickBooks Online at that point. And then I learned QuickBooks Online because you know everything's going pretty much virtual now and online. So I think QuickBooks is more user friendly for those that do not necessarily understand accounting. Um, or are not necessarily IT savvy, I think the user interface is a little more um, clearer than some of the other programs. But there are certainly plenty of programs out there. Um, Some are fairly inexpensive, um, but they don't have the robust capabilities that QuickBooks does. And what are some issues that could be caused by ignoring your finances and not keeping up with your books? Because I think that it's very common 
for us, you know, in our human nature, when something causes us a lot of anxiety, sometimes instead of tackling it and dealing with it, we just ignore it. (laughs) So what are some of the risks that you could encounter by ignoring your business finances and not keeping up with your books? Well, most importantly, you're not going to have an accurate picture of how your business is doing financially, and that could make or break a business. If you are not reviewing your your reports and you know they're not up to date, then you're not going to be able to make informed decisions about your business. You know that is to me one of the most important things. But also, I mean, I, you know, people get stressed out, they get busy, they're in a hurry, and if you're trying to get your books done in a hurry because your tax preparer is like, I need your books now so that I can prepare your taxes, you know, you're more prone to make mistakes if you're doing it trying to get it all done at once and in a rush. Um, whereas if you're you're in there weekly entering your transactions in your books, and if you're not sure how to handle a certain thing, you know entering expenses and income is pretty straightforward. But when you get more into the you know the equity, the liability, and the assets of a business and how to get those on your books, that's a little more difficult for the normal you know average person to do. Like I said, if you can't hire a professional to do it for you, you can at least have one that you can reach out to and pay on an as needed basis to help you with those issues when they arise. Because I have clients now that, um, you know, I've trained and they're doing their own bookkeeping, but, you know, things come up and they'll reach out to me and they're like, okay, this is the situation. How do I do this in my book? Yeah. And that's very helpful as a small business owner to be able to project what your expenses are going to be as well. What are some ways that people can make managing their money a little more fun, whether that is learning how to do it on their own, maybe that's outsourcing, but I'm sure that there are some misconceptions around managing money. And I bet when people actually start doing it and you help them realize that it's not as difficult as they think that it it actually isn't such a scary thing to tackle. So what are some basic tips that you have just to simplify the process so that it doesn't freak people out so much? I'm going to be honest with you, hire a professional. <laughs> I do. I have I have a client that I trained and she does her own bookkeeping and she does a great job of it, but it still scares her to death because she's just like, I'm so scared I'm going to mess something up and not know what to do. Uh, so I honestly, that's my advice. If you're an equestrian and you're not, you know, you didn't major in finance or anything in college or, you know, you, you're not good with numbers, don't try to do it on your own. That's the least scariest way to do it. Um, and I'm just being completely 100% honest there. So that's my recommendation. If, if you don't, if you have the financial background and you, you really get into trying to solve financial problems and everything, then it can be fun for you. But if not, then it can be very frustrating and scary. I think it's important to note as well that with entrepreneurs, when you're trying to do something that you don't understand how to do, that's frustrating, that's taking up a lot of your time, you end up burning more hours and it's costing you more money long run than it would be just to outsource that task, right? So you probably see that with your clients too. Yes, absolutely. And and they quickly realized, you know, I should have gotten someone professional on board a long time ago because now I can focus on the part of my business that I actually enjoy focusing on. And I can, you know, better financially manage my business because I know my my financial reports are right. Yeah. Well, it's also important to note too, I think that just because you outsource something, it doesn't mean you necessarily should be 100% hands-off. So 
I'd like to address the fact that there's there's certainly tasks in your business where you can outsource that and really just step back and let that professional handle things 100%. But with finances, I think it's important that even if someone else is doing all of the work, you still need to at least understand what your numbers look like at the end of the day. And I know you talk a lot about financial reports. So why is it important to make sure you get a good bookkeeper to work with you on your business? I think I have mentioned this a couple of times in this podcast already, but it can never be mentioned too many times is accurate data is going to give you accurate information about your business. It's as plain as simple as that. You can make better informed business decisions based on accurate financial reports. A question I get a lot from potential clients uh, once I go in, you know, if they hire me on and I do a cleanup or a catch-up for them and they look at their income statement, which, you know, a lot of people know is profit and loss. That's what QuickBooks calls it. And and it's like, oh, it shows I made $10,000 in profit last month. How come my bank account only has, you know, $500 in it? Well, that's when I point them to their statement of cash flows because that's going to tell them where that money is coming in from and going out and why your cash is so low. And, you know, if you have cash flow issues in your business, that can be very detrimental to your business. It has killed a lot of businesses. So if you're not monitoring that, then, you know, it's it's a big no-no. And another thing that can um, affect your cash flow is mixing your business and personal expenses. You should always, always keep business and personal separate. It's going to you know, give you less headache at tax time. It's going to give you less headache if you're ever audited. And it's going to give you better cash flow in your business because if you're paying a lot of your personal expenses out of your business account, you know, that's taking money out of your business. So you should make a point to have separate bank accounts, separate credit card accounts. Do not pay business expenses with personal funds. Do not pay personal expenses with business funds, especially if you're a single member LLC. It's your business. There's going to be times where you even need to put money in the business. Uh, or, or even if you have an office and you have a desk in your house and you're going to give that to the business to use as a business desk, then any personal expenses going out of the company or, or income coming into the company from personal funds always needs to be through the equity account. It's best if you can keep them separate as much as possible. Uh, And you never want to connect a personal bank credit card, PayPal account, anything to your accounting software because it just, it's so much harder to not commingle personal and business transactions when you have personal accounts connected to your accounting system. You know, there's so many reasons why to keep them separate. But two important ones is that it will maximize your business-related expense deduction on your tax return. It's much easier to keep track of business-related expenses if they're all run through the business account. But it also gives yourself, and this is where it's good, you know, when you're first forming your business or if you're thinking about restructuring your business, to talk to a business attorney and determine what kind of entity would be best for your business based on your personal things going on and what your business is going to be doing. And because keeping your business and personal can protect you from, um, you know, someone going after your personal assets. And an example is, let's say you purchase a new truck for your business and you put it in the business name, but you have to guarantee the loan with your personal funds um, or your personal assets and you default on the loan, then the bank can come after your personal assets. Whereas if you have everything established, your business established as a separate entity, uh, you have a little bit better protection of someone being able to come after your personal assets. That's why it's also very important to have a good business 
um, attorney on, on your team as well. And it's not one that you have to keep on retainer and pay every month or anything. It's just like an initial cost, upfront cost. But it'd be so well worth it to make sure that you form your business with the correct entity. And also work with a, a professional tax preparer because if you have um, employees, it may be better that you establish your company as a corporation because uh, you're going to have payroll. Or if you're an LLC and you grow your business and you hire employees, it may be better for you to elect to be taxed as an S corporation in the IRS's eyes. So it, it's really important to have a good business attorney, a good uh, professional tax preparer, and a professional bookkeeper or CPA firm. Absolutely. On that note, do you recommend that people use the online tax softwares and file their own taxes online? Or do you prefer that people go and work with a professional to do that? I do not recommend, especially if you have a business, I do not recommend trying to do it on your own. There are so many, I mean, tax laws change from year to year. And there's so many possible business expense deductions you may not be taking because you're not aware of them. And that's what tax professionals do. I mean, they they have to go through training every year to learn what the new tax codes are. An example is that in 2021 and 2022, because of the pandemic, if you have a business meal in a restaurant, that becomes 100% deductible on your taxes. Whereas before the pandemic, any business meals were only at 50%. So that's where a professional is worth their weight in gold because they can find tax deductions that you didn't necessarily know about. And they can advise you on, you know, future year. And well, maybe you need to purchase a vehicle because that's going to reduce your tax liability. It's, you know, that's where a tax professional comes in handy. So Mm -hmm. it's so important, really, really important to not try to do, especially taxes, especially taxes. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, tax preparers, there are some bookkeepers that do taxes. But in my experiences, most of them either do taxes or they do bookkeeping. And tax preparers don't necessarily know how to keep accurate business books. They're only worried about what carries over on the tax return. And there's so much more that can go into it than that. So that's why I just I just highly recommend hiring a team of professionals. And you, like you said earlier, you can still do it yourself, not the taxes, but the bookkeeping, but have someone professional review it, you know, quarterly, six months, whatever, to make sure that everything's in there accurately and um, you're recording things like they should be. Yeah. And I'll say too, from my own experience, the more frequently you do that, the less difficult it's going to be because I've had those years where I've done everything at tax time. And that's why I dread it because I, I waited for so long that now I'm like, well, I have to dig back into all these records and find this information that's in here. And even if you're using QuickBooks, if you didn't, if you didn't mark everything and categorize it correctly at the time it went in, you know, you're not going to remember what that was later. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. And it's, then you have to go back and try to find that transaction and change it. And it's so much more time consuming. And as an entrepreneur, time is of essence, it's golden. I mean, there's so much, many other things you could be doing with that time that could be making more money for your business. A hundred percent. Well, chatting really quick about business expenses and different things that may be deductible and different things that are not. Do you find any red flags as you are doing your books for your clients? Is there anything specific that you think that a lot of people are overlooking in their business expenses or things that you see getting claimed as an expense that shouldn't be? Car and truck is a big one that comes up. If it is your personal car, then you should not be paying through 
you know, your car expenses through your business, you can take either the standard mileage deduction or you can take a business percentage of the use of, you know, how much of a percentage of time you use that car or truck for and you can take the percentage deduction. And that's where a tax professional can kind of crunch the numbers for you and tell you where you're going to get. In most cases, the standard mileage deduction is going to be the better one, but you should not be paying for your car repairs if it's your personal car that you use for business. Now, if it's a, a car that was purchased for the business for you to get around, you know, if you're um, a trainer and you're, you're given lessons and you, you travel to all your different students' barns to give lessons and you purchased a car to do that through the business, then every expense that you incur from that car's use, including repairs, that's a business expense. But that's one of the number one things that I see is that they, they're using their personal car or truck and, and running all the expenses through the business. Now, I mean, you can pay for the expenses through the business, but it should be coming in and out through the equity account, which is the owner's you know, distributions and contributions within the company, because that is personal asset. One thing I do want to bring up is 1099. If you have contractor employees that you hire, let's say, to clean salt. If you pay them more than $600 within a one-year time frame, that's a, a business expense deduction, but you need to make sure you're issuing them 1099s. And a lot of my equestrian clients I've come across, they don't realize that they're required to issue 1099s to their farriers, possibly their veterinarians, if they hire someone to commercially ship a horse that they sold. Uh, that's a service. So service-based providers to your business, if you pay them over $600 a year or more, and they are not a corporation, you may be subject to issuing them a 1099 each year. And what happens if you don't do that because it's overlooked or you don't realize it and the IRS finds out? The IRS can make you pay the taxes on what that contractor, uh, that you know, the contracted labor should have paid. And, you know, it's their, their tax liability, but the IRS can make you pay it because you failed to report the and the money that you paid out to them. But they can also fine you. And I've heard of one CPA firm that told me that they had a client that had like 20 1099s that they failed to file and the IRS found out and they fined them like 400 and some dollars per 1099 that was not filed. That's a lot of money. Yes. Plus they made them pay the taxes on all that. So can't stress enough. That's where professionals are worth their weight in gold because they can, they'll pick up on this. You know, that's what we do. We look in there and, you know, if you want to do it on your own, then when you hire a contractor or you hire a service-based business for anything, give them a W-9 form, which you can do a Google search, find it online, have them fill out a W-9. And what that's going to do, it's going to tell you what kind of entity their business is. And that's how you find out if they're a corporation or not. Because just because they don't have ink or corp, you know, at the end of their name, that doesn't mean you're not a corporation. They may just not use it in their name. And that will tell you whether you need to issue them a 1099 or not. And it doesn't matter if you're like, oh, I don't think their bill is going to go over $600 this year. That's fine. But if you use them next year, it might. And if they're already in your book, you might forget, oh, I need to get a W-9 on them because I'm going to pay them more than $600 this year or because I did pay them more than $600 this year. So just be wary of that because most barriers aren't part of a, a, a larger corporation. So most barriers are going to be subject to 1099. Mm -hmm. 
And the deadline typically to get those in is like, isn't it usually like January 31st? Like you can't wait till like the tax mm-hmm. deadline to file your 1099. You have to get that in early, right? No. So, right. So um, you are required to send your 1099s to each individual that you're required to get to send them to by January 31st because they have to get their taxes done. So that is the initial deadline. And then there's a later deadline for sending them to the IRS. So you don't have to have them to the IRS by January 31st, but you have to have them to the individual by January 31st. And I don't remember off the top of my head, I want to say it's like February 15th or um, that the 1099s would do. And they did change the form last year. It's a different 1099, but there used to be 1099 miscellaneous. And that's still used. But for the most part, there's a different 1099 form now for basically labor. Just make sure you're you're completing the correct 1099 based on what business you're issuing it to and what service they provide you. Well, that's all really good to know. I'm sure that there's some things that you know people don't think of when they're trying to manage their books. So you've brought a lot of good points up that I've learned today. I want to just thank you again for being on the podcast today, Charnette, and also bring to our listeners' attention that you are currently our latest podcast sponsor. So tell people where they can find you online and how they can get in touch with you to find out more. Oh, sure. I'm I'm on Facebook. Um, you can search Hillcrest Bookkeeping on Facebook. And my website is uh, hillcrestbookkeeping.com where you can I offer potential clients a one hour free consultation. And I, you know, if after that consultation, I feel like I'm not the right fit for you. I'm not, I'm not going to take your business just to have money in my pocket. I want to make sure that, you know, you, you have to trust me as your accounting professional. And that's one other thing I wanted to bring up too, because you mentioned something earlier about, you know, if you hire a professional, it's not that you, you're giving up 100% of your business to this professional. Absolutely not. You have to have processes in place in your business to make sure that you are hands-on, even if you have someone doing your bookkeeping professionally, because that's how a lot of companies get frauded out of money. You know, they hire a shady bookkeeper and they don't keep an eye on their books. And before you know it, they find out this shady bookkeeper was taking money and they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. So when I say hire professionals, I'm not saying give them free reign to do what they do. I mean, you still need to be involved. And all of my clients, they are, they're involved and I keep them involved in the day-to-day and, you know, what's going on in their company finance. But yeah, um, my, like I said, my website is hillcrestbookkeeping.com. You can find me on Facebook and and LinkedIn. It's, you know, Charnette Atkinson. Awesome. Well, thank you, Charnette, for being here. Great conversation today, and I'm sure it will help a lot of our listeners. So thanks for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you, Mandy. If you've been enjoying these episodes of the Leadline Podcast, can I ask you to do two quick things for me? Subscribe to the show so you always know when we have a new episode released. And be sure to leave us a review so other people know that this is the go-to podcast for equine entrepreneurs. Reviews help us continue to climb in the rankings and reach more people, and it would really help me out. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, let's make more money, have more time, and have fun with our horses. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time.